All right, roll for initiative. The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a roll again. Tabletop, lot motion, everything in between. The only way I win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a roll again. Tabletop, lot motion, everything in between. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game, because the only way to win a role-playing game is to have Have fun. fun. I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. And joining me, as always, is Carrie, the legend. Hello. And Jason, the favorite. Also the one that has more high-level games convention than anybody except Josh. That may be true. You yeah. do have a lot yeah. of them. Are you I work- do need to get more. Somebody at work noticed. They said, you really like that shirt. I'm like, well, I have five of them. So, <laughs> yes, but what's, what's it's really- not that I wear the same shirt every day. It's funny because I, I just imagine that you're going to get uh, – one day you're going to have enough of them that you – don't have to ever think about what to wear today. You're just going to open your closet and you'll have to wear sunglasses because the orange of those shirts will reflect so much light back into your eyes. <laughs> and you'll just be like, hmm, right? what, sh- what should I wear today? I don't have to decide. I'm just going to promote high-level games convention. I'm, I'm just really hopeful that like, when you write a will, that it, you're going to have a requirement that you have to be buried in it. Well, I mean... Obviously, we'll have okay. to, and we'll have to I need give to make the sure. away all of your clothes. Only have high-level game shirts left. <laughs> we'll have to give give one of those shirts to every one of our patrons. <laughs> hey, Josh, Josh, I know you religiously listen to every episode. <laughs> every episode. Give us a number on what it would cost to send all of our patrons. A a (laughs) t-shirt. Speaking of speaking of our patrons, uh, we have a Patreon. Uh, You can go to Patreon. Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash honor roll podcast and help keep the show going. It helps to pay for our equipment and for the. Uh, the internet hosting fees and the domain name and all of that stuff. and So many fees. Also, it also gets you free stuff. Like you get, uh, you know, your name on our website. Mm-hmm. You get free stuff like postcards and books and and prints and whatnots. The big cool thing uh, is that every week, if you are a patron at the wizard level, we will give you a shout out on our show. Shout out, wizards. All right. Our first wizard <laughs> is Josh Heath with Werewolf the Podcast. And high-level gaming conventions. And high-level gaming conventions. <laughs> and Werewolf the Podcast. <laughs> We're having a little bit of lag, apparently. Like always. Yeah. It's the COVID lag. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> uh, next, we have Joel Eastland, who messaged me earlier this week with this message that was just like, Carrie, can I call you? I've got a gaming emergency. 
And when I was like, I can't talk to you right now. Is everything okay? He was like, never mind. So I have no idea what the gaming emergency was. But it was intense. This is your fault. I'm sorry. I don't care if you were taking a crap. You should have taken that call. Look, my daughter has been on and off crying for two weeks about this online school thing. (laughs) Like, I'm done. (laughs) It's been rough. It's been rough. (laughs) Did you ever figure out how to log her on? Yeah, we've got her logged on and then... The problem is that none of the, the problem it turns out is that none of the school teachers are trained yet. And so they're all just getting in the ah. system and they think they're getting ahead by uploading all of their stuff for the whole semester. But they don't realize that when yes. they upload it, all of the kids can see it and the kids are going, what's all this stuff? What do I do yeah. with it? Dakota uh, was like, I have 30 assignments to do today. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Salim Halabi. Oh. Ah, I was close. I'm sorry, it's- Salim. It's, it's pretty okay, I think. Yeah. Right. Also, Ryan Martin. <laughs> Who you can pronounce. <laughs> Who I can pronounce. And Drew Stevens, who I can also pronounce. Yay! We also have Ryan Galeato of Byways LARP. I was, is it Byway and, or Byways? Is it plural? I'm pretty sure it's Byways. Okay. Yeah. All right, I mean, I'm not judging. I'm, I'm just, please just, contact us about this. <laughs> We also have Cameron Pruitt. My favorite. He's celebrating today because uh, Biden named his vice president. Yes. Pick. That's been that's been super interesting to watch his uh, his journey in the political where he's <laughs> yeah. ended up. Yeah. All right. And then what about Noah Coltrip? I'm glad you asked. Oh. Can't make it to Graceland this summer. It's all right. Noah is checking out the miniature Graceland in Roanoke, Virginia. Beginning in the 1980s, Don and Kim Epperly decided to immortalize their love of Elvis with a miniature Graceland in their front yard, complete with replica buildings and a bronze statue of the king himself asking for donations. The tribute still stands, but it's now in a great deal of disrepair since Don Epperly grew too sick to care for it and then died. Thanks to the efforts of the Salem Garden Club and Epperly's son, Mike, the site's been cleaned up a little bit and visitors can still catch a bit of the mini Graceland that once was in all of its mini glory. Mini, thank you. Mini, thank you very much. Oh, no. I want to see that more than real Graceland. Yeah, uh, yeah, fair. No, they're like dollhouses. It's like, like a giant dollhouse. Like he just built doll little dollhouses of Graceland. And they're dilapidated. Now. That sounds amazing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Are they haunted? Uh by miniature Elvis. <laughs> Could you imagine the size of his peanut butter and banana sandwiches? I wanna know, did miniature Elvis die on the miniature toilet? Uh, he better have. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> finally we have the patron saint of this podcast, Sarah. What was that? It sounded like a car or something. We were oh, goodness. Uh, it was miniature Elvis. <laughs> Somebody ran coal while we were trying to. Anyway, if you want to, sh- if you want a shout out, we'd love to give you one, and you can get one by helping us keep the show on the air and becoming a patron at Patreon.com/slash Honorable Podcast. When last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting here on this Zoom call, recording a podcast just like this one. 
Uh, and here we are again. It's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little different. Yeah, we Craig went home. He did finally. <laughs> Go home. Craig. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Jason, what's new with you? Oh, uh, it's been an eventful week. Mostly, we found out that uh, my wife has very large kidney stones in both kidneys. Oh no! So, Marty doesn't do yeah. anything so tiny. She's no, she's like, if I'm going to do it, little, but nothing else about her is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to have to have a couple of uh, procedures to get those removed. Okay. So that's been exciting. Mm. And uh, I'm getting my gallbladder removed in probably two weeks. So eh, that's good. We're, we're going to be, uh, you know, science experiments for a little while. That's that's okay though. You guys are going to feel so much better afterwards. So tell me what but, happens when when they take a gallbladder out. Like, is there what is recovery like for that? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, New dice bag, first of all, because I, mean, I was just going to ask, do you get to keep it? <laughs> but my grandmother, like legit, my grandmother's gallstone, because it's like every person in my family tree had gallstones. Uh, they were so large that the hospital was like, you should keep this. This is the biggest one we've ever seen. This, and it was this larger an, than a golf ball. Oh, no. <laughs> this is an yeah. historic gallstone. Uh, that's they were they, apparently they freaked out a little bit because they'd never seen one that big. They were like, "How do you eat? We don't know." Uh, and she had it cut out right at Thanksgiving, and she was like, "I'm going to put it off to the new year." And as a family, we had to beg her, like, "You, oh. you could die, yeah, or you could miss Thanksgiving. You we'll know? have it next week." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Is that why they're taking? Uh, is that why they're taking yours? Because you get gallstones. I definitely have gallstones. Yeah, they're also just jam full in there. It's one of those problems that when you're in your twenties, if you just hit your side occasionally, they'll stop hurting and won't bother you. But by the time you get to your forties, you uh, you really got to take care get taken care of. <laughs> well, all right. How's your yeah. how's how's nuclear D and D going? Uh, well, we have an, our second official game Friday of the main campaign. Though I did tell everybody about running for like, like we had like a ten-hour game on Saturday, I guess. No, last Saturday uh, I told everybody about that was pretty crazy. Cool. Yeah. But in we're we should have another game. I, I knew I had one of the guys hooked because he got this artifact that they were supposed to recover, and I described it to him, and he spent the last month between when we've been able to play, sending me the same question rephrased differently over and over again. <laughs> trying to figure out what it is. Right. And my, my answer is, you don't have the ability to know that you need somebody who has a specific skill that you don't have. You need Liam you Neeson. All the information. <laughs> he needs Liam Neeson. Because uh, yeah. he okay. has, that man has a particular set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. What about you, Carrie? What have you been up to? I, I'm sorry. Let's like yeah. Jason finish laughing. Uh, yes. Okay. I've never seen, just thinking about, you know, Liam Neeson. It's. <laughs> it wasn't that funny. <laughs> um, well, oh, I, no. No. <laughs> I thought he said Lonnie Nielsen. <laughs> That's funny. It's like, yeah, Leslie Nielsen is funny. But I don't know why this applies. 
<laughs> it took me like a solid 30 seconds to put it together. Okay, that is funny. <sighs> you you did have a weird look on like, your face. Surely you don't mean Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. Yeah. Alright, what have you been up to, Carrie? <laughs> oh, oh, this man. is gonna be one of those podcasts. So so I've been doing lots of art. Um I actually finished three postcards over the weekend. Uh you know, I, I hand hand drawn postcards and I sold two of them online, so that's awesome. Cool. And then I was I guessed guested, guest podcasted, casted it did. did. Is that past tense? You were the guest host on another it? podcast. I was. I, I cheated on you. Uh, no, I was on the 307 podcast, which oh. is about gaming. Which one is that? That's the area code. Yeah, that's the area ah. code one. And um, The 307 in the house. Yo, no, it was it was really awesome. We, we talked <laughs> about the enemies of the Guru Nation. Oh. And I said, all like of magic. them? And he went, yeah, all of them. And I said, you better buckle up, buddy. And I talked a long time. <laughs> And by the end, he was like, we have to stop. You have to stop talking. I'm like, I can't. Good times. Yeah. Good um, times. It, but the most exciting thing that happened to me ah, was I have a player, Brandon, who messaged me and was like, hey, give me your address. And this was a player from like three games ago. Two games. Three games. A LARP that I ran for him. And... um. He found a bunch of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness supplements. Hmm. Oh, that's awesome. And he mailed them all to me. Nice. <gasps> they're so cool. Like, they're like, and the best part is they clearly belonged. He found them at a, I don't know where he found them, like a McKay's or something. And they all belonged to Ricky King. So if you're out there, Ricky King, I have your books and thank you so, so much. And I love them all. I'm so excited. <laughs> One of the books still had a half-made character in it. <laughs> I love that. That's the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, the the worst thing about the popularity of like D&D is it's driven all of those old supplements of any game through the roof. Yeah. And you you can't just like I mean, 5 years ago, I could have just been like I'm going to get everything related to uh you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. and other strangeness. And here's five dollars. There, yeah. there, there you go. And now they're like, "How about a hundred bucks?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they're all ten bucks a piece. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm super duper excited. And like I said, everything is so much. What What's really exciting is like, and you can tell these books were loved. And I don't just mean beat up. Like Ricky, like wrote his name on every fourth page. And, he was worried. And, and, you know, or like he's, he highlighted a bunch of paragraphs that he thought were important. Like they were loved. Were they? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever actually looked at, at any of these old books. The, the Ninja Turtle books were, they were palladium books. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just like, Walls they look like text. typewriter. It's like courier is the font. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing, it's just walls and walls of texts and tables. It's just texts and tables. 
And every once in a while, there's an Eastman or Laird drawing. It's weird because it makes me wonder, like in a game, in games like that, how do they ever play test anything? There are so many tables to take into to consider how they interact with one another and all these things that I don't know how those games even ever worked. I think usually people just ch- chose what they wanted to use out of it. I mean, that's what I do. I, that's what I do in any game. I use the art. That's the, all I would use out of oh, those books. Hey. <laughs> so, like the the only weird thing about that is, is I miss like this the weird homemade feel those old games had. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do look like zines or something. I mean, yeah, like somebody like sat down at their house and typed this out on their mom's typewriter. Very could have been, and so much zipatone. Oh, there's so much zipatone in the art. Anyway. So what have you been up to, Ryan? Uh, I've oh, been, never mind. <laughs> I know, right? So I'm my I'm still working a lot, and uh, I'm also doing a lot of work for Emancipate Cleveland, which is the group that's trying to get the Confederate statue moved from yeah. uh, from the town center here. Uh, and this was a big week for that because they had a big presentation in front of the city council meeting on Monday. Uh, and so there was just lots of stuff leading up to that that needed done and lots of stuff right after that needed done. And um, so anyway, that's kind of been been my world. That's been my world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Sweet. I, I didn't know you were working on that. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it a few times on the podcast. You just must have not listened to me. I usually uh, you're talking time to browse for more interesting things. That's fair. But this one time I was wrong. (laughs) Yeah, we've got this this uh, Confederate statue that was put up by the United Daughters of the Confederacy in like 1911, and the the town gave them 12 foot by 12 foot plot of land to put it on. But it's like right in front of our university, right in the middle of our town. And, um, and it's, it's pretty gross and needs to go, needs to go. So there you go. And it's, it's but pretty, wait, I read that was just celebrating the soldiers of the Confederacy. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Oh my you goodness. Know, it's really, it's really hard to, for when people say stuff like that, as the, the protesters that have been going up to that are like flying, like don't tread on me flags. And uh, you mean the people who want to keep the statue? Yeah, where it is. flying. You know the all you know all the flags that are not good. They're flying, and it's just rough. Yeah. So. All but right. Fighting the good fight, though. Well, there you go. So uh, I guess that brings us to the end. Join us next week. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, no. All right. Well, fine. Fine. Let's go to combat rounds. Tell me. Fine. Fine. Welcome to combat rounds. That music interlude was just a little longer than normal because Carrie was taking a big old, <laughs> big old sip of her sodi. <laughs> she done drinking Coke. My, what my, flavor Coke? My Pepsi. heart, my heart broke the other day when Dakota referred to Pop as Coke. <laughs> 
And I was just like, we have to move right now. <laughs> she definitely picked picked that Southern up. <laughs> well, it's even weirder because she doesn't even drink pop. Soda. No. Soda. But she's a little Southern belle. Oh, she is. That is true. She's like, y'all, I just had the best sweet tea. It I was so sweet. God. Bless your heart. Oh, I know what that means. Uh, for those of you who don't live in south in the southeastern part no, of don't tell them. the United States, <laughs> <laughs> stay classy. Uh, uh. Well, it means we love you, and you shouldn't change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or does it? Uh. Today, our topic is: Where do plots come from? No. Well, well, sort of. I wanted to name it Great Artists Steal. I think that's a good one. We could do that. Okay. Today our topic is Great Artists Steal. <laughs> oh, huh. you can tell everybody here is stressed. Yeah. <laughs> under severe pressure in their lives. <laughs> Stresses. Yeah. So what what's what do you want to talk about, Carrie? Because this was a, a, initially your idea. <laughs> Blame me. Wait, wait, wait. Wanna... This show yes. is Carrie's idea. The whole thing. <laughs> what? Brian is so tired. Everybody yeah. was just really happy about this yeah. being your idea, Carrie, and so Great. they was they was clapping. Oh yeah. boy. I want to talk about where you can get inspiration outside of the normal gaming books. For story? Yeah, for story, for characters, for all of those things. So, all right, so this week's topic is where do plots come from? <laughs> <laughs> and so we've come full circle. Yeah. Full circle. I'm just saying, dude, I could quit. Full circle. Other podcasts like me. Oh, I could my go gosh. other places. <laughs> I could go full time on the 307. <laughs> oh, man. Don't make, um, don't um, get me started. I'm werewolf popular. <laughs> Werewolf the podcast host is what they call me. <laughs> oh my. Uh. Fine. Where do plots come from? Jerk. And NPCs. Well, great artists oh steal. God. Great artists steal. All right. So we're talking about how to find inspiration for plots from places that are, you know, outside the norm. Yeah. Okay, well, then before we're going to do that, then we should first decide what is inside the norm. Well, inside the norm would be literally the game books. So what are some obvious choices, Carrie? Like we can draw inspiration from some of the things that inspired people to create the books originally. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, clearly when D&D was made, they were like, I want to be in Lord of the Rings. (laughs) I want to be in The Hobbit. I don't know why Uh, they sounded like that, but that's how their voices were when they were making you know, I assume so, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and also there was a lot of Conan influences and other sort Absolutely, of Absolutely, yeah. And, and and so I you know, like I, I think actually you are right a little bit right when, you know, great artists steal. You know, you get inspired by art to make art. Absolutely. And, and so you know, seeing you know, specifically fantasy, you know, obviously Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, you know, all those types of books inspired Dungeons and Dragons. And that's kind of inspired everything else. And well, also and like, go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say also a lot of these a lot of the genres of role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and uh even the World of Darkness stuff, like they published 
books, novels to yeah. go with their stuff. And you know what? Most players didn't read that stuff. Those were great places to, not. you know, those were a little bit outside the box places to go to grab, you know, to grab plot ideas from as well. Uh, but yeah. And, and also I think even like history books. That's uh that's really clever. It's one of the things that makes, uh, it's, it's not clever. I read it right off the show notes. <laughs> I was talking about Carrie when she wrote it. <laughs> I assumed that you would get the subjects. You know, the reason why shows like Game of Thrones are so great, uh, well, books, is because they steal so much from history. The reason why history books make good sources is because it is like a cheat sheet for how people actually behave. You can look at things that happened in the past, uh, and you can have these really complex political situations and interpersonal relationships, and somebody has already written them all down because they actually <laughs> happened. And you you can't say that it's unrealistic for uh you know, a person going out for a sandwich ultimately causing World War One, but I mean, it happened. So that means that you can incorporate elements into your game and they'll mesh very easily because you already have the foundations that they're built on. You know what happened. All you have to do is make it fit into the setting of your game. Right. Yeah. When you take from a history book, though, you're 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 just lifting the scenario because uh, there is no genre to real life. Like, you know what I mean? Like real life is just real life. It's not really like right. a game genre per se. And so like, unless it's a period piece. Yeah, but we don't live in a period. No, but what? Huh? No, She's but saying if you're literally playing in a game that's set in like 1776, then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> I was like, but what? <laughs> But you can use a genre of your setting, whether it's fantasy, science fiction, or mythos, to filter those results. You know, to kind of filter what you get and make it something new and completely different. Right. And that's one of those big, kind of those big things is you, you're flipping, uh, you know, flipping genres like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, Serenity and Firefly only works because it's, they took Western and flipped it into outer space. But it's Absolutely. clearly a Western. Right. Above anything else. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I, one of the things, too, speaking of that, is I, I really like finding a show or a movie that I like and adapting it, it right. in or the a, same fashion. You can take the plot of a book and adapt it to your story. You just make sure that the players can change it. <clears throat> you can do that with a song as well. Okay. I'd like to hear this one. No. <laughs> For example, hard pass. <laughs> I don't have to. Hello, Dolly. No. <laughs> now I'm going to run a game based on the song Memories from Cats. Well, I mean, I think you have to find a song that actually has a meaning. Oh. That's way harder. Isn't, I mean, wasn't the bodyguard, that whole movie, really just about the... Well, it's a music video. I will, I will always love you song. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. This is right. one long I mean, video. Here's the thing. Two is, hour video. Woo. You know, we're unlike a, uh, we're talking about how like these things will inspire your plot, you know, like 
And so you're not necessarily lifting every single plot point from a song, but I'm just saying a song can inspire a plot. I, I think more importantly than that, a song can inspire a character. Sure. Oh, yeah. That, I was that say happens. A feel. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, I don't know how many times I'm like, I'm trying to nail down, like, what this, like, this character I want to play. And then I'll hear a song on the radio. I'll be like, oh, no, that's it. That's, that's how I'm going to okay. build all this. Um, you know, I, you know, I, a lot of people build their PCs the same way. Mm-hmm. They'll come up with a playlist. Yeah. Uh, I also think, um, you know, mo- uh, we were talking about movies being a great place to to get ideas from, but don't just think of regular movies. <laughs> also consider watching weird documentaries. I've since last night, I've come up with like five plot things I want to do with that stupid documentary, so Ryan. Last night I watched. Oh. What did you want? All right. So if you have, um, oh, I can't remember. So forgive me. I don't remember if it was Hulu or if it was Amazon Prime. On one of the platforms. Um, there is a movie called The Fury of the Demon. And it is a documentary about a film by George Méliès. Maybe. and uh and this it's a short film made during the silent era and it's only been shown in public uh three times and every single time it was shown in public and it was once every century because it was done in the 1800s in like 1930s and then 2012 and every time it was shown everyone in the theater went insane and started violently hitting each other and mass hysteria tearing the building apart and and the the um, theater would burn down and every single time the canisters of the film reels would all mysteriously vanish. Like for real, I walk in and Ryan pauses and goes, you have to watch the rest of this with me. And I'm like, what's it about? And then I was like, bullshit. This is, this is not (laughs) what this documentary is about. And then it was, and it's, uh, Oh, and, and maybe it wasn't made by Melier. Maybe this film was made by his apprentice who was like this, spiritualist magician occultist <laughs> whose whose girlfriend uh mysteriously died was mysteriously vanished and then two years later was found mutilated in a, a cellar in paris and so he went to the family manor and hung himself of course he did and like there's i mean the whole thing is crazy but this film is cursed and the the craziest thing about it is like there's they talked to the people who were there in 2012 and they talked to the people who were there in they had like one guy who was like in his 80s that was a teenager and at the showing in 1939 and like i mean you can watch it i mean he's he's 86 or 87 years old and he's not full of shit like you can see it in his eyes like what he is telling is what he saw it's and, not acting and what's weird is Every single person they interviewed who was like, I was there, they're like, what's the film about? And they go, I don't know. They don't remember. None of them remember it. It, it was bizarre. Yeah. So The Fury of the Demon, go go watch that because that'll give you plots. Wait, I want to watch the movie it's about. <laughs> it's, it's, you can't. It doesn't, yeah, no one knows where it missing. is. It only shows up once every, <laughs> every century. And then they were like, well, who scheduled this movie? And they're like, we don't know. Like, yeah, the newspaper in ni- the 1930s tried to figure out how it even ended up being screened at that theater. And there was no paper trails. No one could figure out who scheduled it, who sent no. invites, nothing. And they, wh- where did you say they found it? 
Oh, and when they found it uh, for the 2012 showing, they had found it in a in an attic somewhere in Europe in a box covered with swastikas and and Nazi paraphernalia <laughs> all around it. You know, because the Nazis had the film. Of course. It was going to be their secret weapon. Yeah, it's going to build their real spaces. Oh my god, it's beautiful. But, but that's the thing, though, is like some of the stuff, like it's so real life is so ridiculous. Right. That you don't have to go out on a limb and find weird and like make up weird things. There's weird things in real life that you can draw inspiration from. Cursed movies. Come on. That's awesome. I want to play in that game. Also, it was Amazon Prime. I just looked it up. Thank you. For the people who want to watch it. And if you do watch it, let us know what you think. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't even get me started. I missed that show. 2012 don't even get me started on the other documentary finders keepers which is about this guy who finds somebody else's amputated leg inside of a grill in an old storage unit that he bought at an auction and then is like i'm keeping this leg because it's going to make me famous and the guy whose leg it was is like but i'd like my amputated leg back true story can't make this shit up Called Finders Keepers. That one's on uh, on streaming too. Oh, God. That's crazy. It's <laughs> awesome. I've seen a documentary about it. Oh my God. But I always love the story of the killdozer guy. The guy who a uh, oh, have you seen that documentary? A documentary. I've only read articles about it. I've never seen a documentary. Which documentary? The killdozer guy. What's that? His local city council zoning board really screwed him. Right? Like okay. They rich guy needed property or something I, I don't know i don't remember all the details but essentially he is absolutely screwed by his local government and so he spends a year welding steel plates onto the outside of a bulldozer turns it into a it, tank it turns it into a tank not with weapons just unstoppable bulldozer but he did have and a gun he with goes, him he did have a gun with oh my him. gosh he literally welded himself uh, inside in, yes he Dropped the whole thing down on himself so that he couldn't get out or anybody could get in. And he went through and destroyed Just drove all, through the all the buildings <laughs> of everybody who had wronged him and was like heading for the city council building or something when he got stuck. Yeah. That does sound familiar, it stuck, actually. It got stuck in a building and he couldn't get it out. And so the cops started to weld him out. And at that point, he, he killed himself. Oh, okay. That's not as. Yeah. That, that ends well, poorly. no, I mean. Of course, it has a tragic ending. But the, you can't win. I think the to in. I will say though, I'm pretty certain that that was the ending it was going to have, no matter what. I know. Like, I, I mean, know. he welded yeah. himself in with a gun. Like, I think he that was his plan all along. And mm. that one's on Netflix as well. It's called Tread. Okay, I don't. Oh, I didn't know there was a whole documentary about it. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to watch that. The one. but you could play it in your World of Darkness game. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, doc it's, it's like a Trojan horse that can't ever go off. <gasps> what if we run a game that's four people trapped in that? Like I think isn't just, that like called the room? Be, it's a Call of Cthulhu game. I know yeah, that. Yeah. Oh. Well, okay, I'm liking this already. <laughs> <laughs> so this but kind all of all these can be turned into plots. All these make great characters. Mm -hmm. And and talking about about these documentaries makes it very quick and easy to lead into the next thing, which is just watch your news. The local news. Yeah. 
Um, you do have to be careful with the news, though. So careful. So, you know, um, <laughs> not everybody wants to role play real life. Like a lot of people are role playing game or playing role playing games because they want to escape real life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, be careful what you pull out of the news because your table may not be interested. Yeah, or just ask your table. No. What communication? Just game runners don't talk to their players. Silly. Oh, I'm so sorry. But uh, y'all famously pulled stories from the local news. That's in true. particular, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, the kudzu the, eating goats. Uh, the kudzu goats. Y'all also were famous for stealing characters from television shows too. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, there was a the, there was a, a news a news story on our local news here in Chattanooga that was talking about how the tunnels going through the mountains here had all of this kudzu growing at, on it, and the kudzu had to be destroyed but if you know anything about kudzu they're like it's demon plants and you can't you can't kill them it's actually in that movie right that's where the the kudzu came from ruins that movie. the ruins <gasps> no i was Dun-dun-dun. being funny about the demon movie oh well, i was being honest i mean yeah but, but the ruins yeah, is yeah about, the ruins is creepy. so anyway <sighs> and they were the only way to actually affect cost effectively get rid of it is you ha- you bring in kudzu eating goats and so um, there was all these news stories about, you know, the city bringing in these goats. Special goats. Was, you know, kudzu eating goats is on the headline of, of all of the newspapers. And I, I saw it so much. And eventually I started, what I started seeing was kudzu eating goats yeah. and not kudzu eating goats. And so eventually that's what we decided we ran. We just put it into our World of Darkness game that the city had brought in all of these you know, brought all this kudzu eating goats. They in. brought in the goats, but the goats didn't. And the goats kept dying and nobody understood where no, the goats they were. were. They were missing. Yeah, they were missing. They were all going missing. And then eventually our werewolf players discovered that uh, the kudzu was eating the goats. Yeah. Not the other way around. That was, one of, that was one of those fights that even like every once in a while when I talk to an older player that was in that scene, mm-hmm. they'll be like, that was one of my favorite fights I've ever been in. Oh, uh, when they had to fight the kudzu? <laughs> well, because what we did was instead of going, here's this giant kudzu monster, you have to, you know, who's who's way big, po- more powerful than you. Instead, we went, here's these 50 vines, <laughs> you know, that you have to defeat. And the vines would wear people down. But right. they were easy to kill. And so, like, there was lots of, because uh, you throw paper, rock, scissors in the game we played. So there was lots of physical movement and people felt like they were doing and stuff. And it was different and, than any other yeah. other combat they'd ever been in. Yeah, yeah. 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 And what was the, there was another example that well, Jason. J- Jason brought up the fact that uh, we, we like to uh, emulate uh, TV characters or movie characters sometimes. Um, or Hintu or, or whatever. Um, we had a, a whole sept that we based loosely on um, the, Duke the Dukes of Hazard. Right. And uh, wasn't there another one y'all did with uh, like Stephen King characters or something? No, it wasn't Stephen King characters. It was. We had. Uh, uh, it was another. I don't know. I do know that we had we had Tyson's Dvorskovich once. He was the the. Giant-sized uh, silver fang warder from right. one of our werewolf games, and he was—we always role-played him as uh, as Worf from Star Trek. Yeah, you know, he would walk into the. <laughs> that was that was the voice we I used. I didn't know that, but it makes sense now that you've said it. Mm-hmm. He would he would always <laughs> talk like this. He would walk into oh. the room and look around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just the Klingon voice, is all it was. <laughs> so. 
I think there's something that's actually really important to take from that. Y'all were doing that on purpose, deliberately. And now that I know it, I absolutely see that. Yeah. Yeah. But but, but you played it for no years. Clue. Yeah. No clue that that's what you were doing. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things is when, when you're stealing something like this, you think, well, this is going to be obvious. Everybody's going to know what I'm doing. Well, don't tell them. Yeah, just, time, just don't tell them. I mean, I played for probably two years before I realized that Tim Roof was all due to his character. <laughs> <laughs> right? They were all. <laughs> but, you know, and at some point. I think what sealed it was when Bo and Luke were both, like, in jail or something. And you're like, we've got to go get Bo and Luke out of trouble. I'm like, no, son of a bitch. No, <laughs> one of the, the only one was named the actual character. But, yeah, it was. We, we I, tried. They kept calling each other cousin, and you were like, nope. The, the <laughs> like, trick is right this. There. The trick is don't tell them. Don't offer your players that information. Mm-hmm. But if one of my players were to ever walk up and be like, dude, is Tyson just like a Klingon? I'd be like, yeah. And, and then, then we, it's fine. Yeah, and then it's fine because it's fun. Yeah. It is okay to steal your plots. <laughs> <laughs> just well, admit it a, if they I, find you. <laughs> I heard a musician say one time that like all new music is somebody going, you know what? I want to do something like this. That's like somebody they like. And when they do it, it comes out in their style and that makes it a whole new thing. Yeah. Story. Story is a lot like the Taco Bell menu, right? (laughs) There are only 11 ingredients and it's just all about what they're 11. (laughs) It's all about what order you put them in and how you wrap it. Ah, <laughs> uh, the gems of uh, knowledge you Look, get from this podcast. <laughs> when when I was in film school, they talked about how uh, Die Hard changed the film industry and in how action movies were made. And I'm not going to get into how, but there's there's this long list of things that it was the first of for film uh, for action movies. And so for being barefoot and it was, <laughs> well, it was having a flawed hero. Action movies never had a flawed hero before he was barefoot and ran across glass. So he spends the whole movie barefoot with bloody feet like that had never been done before. Schwarzenegger never got hurt. Right. right? And so it was also the first time that it was like, there was the funny quips, you know, yeah. um, stuff like that. So anyway, for, and it was hugely successful. It was a giant film. And so f- literally for like two decades after that movie, every single action movie that was ever made in those following two decades were pitched by saying, oh, well, it's Die Hard this way. In a bus. Right? That's speed. Right? Die Hard in an airport. Die Hard (laughs) 2. But for me, none of them were as good as Die Hard. (laughs) But if you look at all the all the action movies from that time period, though, you can actually pitch them as Die Hard as a something as whatever that that action movie is. And that was how that was the only way action movies got greenlit for like two decades. But here's the deal. You could go. It's Die Hard with vampires. Oh, okay. Suddenly I can run that. I can run that. It's like Die Hard in a dungeon. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. That that makes sense. Okay. Dragon Hard. it's dragon hard. Now I do want to run die hard in a dungeon. Right? I just got to figure out a way for the guy to be taunting them the whole time. In both directions. <laughs> well, it's a wizard. Ooh, it's a, it's a yeah. wizard. You can yeah. easily do a wizard. Who what has... about a series of brass tubes? Of what? Brass tubes? Yeah. So other great, another great place is, uh, aside from real news, is you can look to fake news. <laughs> Carrie, would you like to talk about where every plot you ever ran came from? Not 
every plot. Because <laughs> they stopped making it. <laughs> Those bastards. My favorite go-to of all time is the Weekly World News. It's back. Yeah, but it's not in print. It's not the same. It's not the same. I When, when I first started storytelling, way back in... Um, I would actually buy a Weekly World News when it came out, and then I would go through the entire uh, newspaper. You know, it wasn't that big, but yeah, yeah go through the whole thing. And, you know, and I would circle things to bring to the storyteller meetings, and I would be like, I want to do this. This is completely a famori. This is this. You know, what if there really are lizard people? You know, and which there aren't. But, um, because I saw that look on Ryan's face. And, um, and my, There's a thing about that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and like, and what I would do then is, you know, we, we sometimes use plots and sometimes not, but, but I would always bring that newspaper with me to game and I'd leave it sticking out of my storyteller bag and I, I'd be like, no, <laughs> like and it, it was, it was this fun thing that the players and I had, had a back and forth about and it was just neat, you know, I love the weekly world news. Yeah. Bat Boy is the best. <laughs> so disappointing that all fake news nowadays is just garbage. Right? Yeah, like, I want Bat Boy back. Yeah. Right. Instead, we need stupid fake news again, not... Upsetting fake ignorant. news. Yes. Yeah. It's it's hard to support... It's hard to support Weekly World News when you could just watch Fox News for free. <sighs> oh. That's like, how is The Onion still in business? <laughs> it's difficult for them to stay ahead of their real life mm -hmm. i would think so yeah they're just kind of like yeah I, well that's mm -hmm. so y'all gotten some plots just from driving around <laughs> um yeah so it doesn't and you don't have to be looking for a plot to get a plot um sure one of my one of my favorite plots i i ever i ever came up with is I ended up before a game. I was my 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 other my co-storyteller was like, you need to eat or you're gonna pass out. I'm like, whatever, I'm invincible. And he's like, no, go eat. And so we went to KFC. And I walked in, I looked down, and on their little placemat menu thing in front of the register, they had a new barbecue chicken flavored sandwich. And I, yes, and I lost my mind because I was like, why would they put the flavored after chicken and not barbecue flavored chicken sandwich? I I completely lost it. I was like, what is the sandwich actually made out of? Chicken flavor. Um, yeah, what's, yeah, what's chicken flavor? And, and so I built an entire restaurant chain around that one stupid placemat at kfc and it spanned three national orgs and what, 10 years of long a long time long yeah a long time lots of people lots of players lots of characters got to fight chicken hut and it all came from kfc I was not looking for plot. They, I was just looking for a sandwich. It even had its own Facebook page. <laughs> it does. It still does. I still, I still get notices I that people. It still does, doesn't it? Yeah. That's and I so still weird. get notices that people like are sending me messages going, I, I actually had someone send a message once that said, I went into your store and got bad service. 
<laughs> I remember that. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> My favorite was when Chicken Hut would run like uh, inane specials. It would be like, like they would run a special and they were like, try our new three meat treat. But nowhere in the ad would it say what what meat it was. <laughs> this is great. Like, oh no, it's it's people. No, it was Rackin for a while. It's Rackin, yeah. I, I I'm glad that I got to be at one of the the finales for that one. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was actually legit scary going through there. <laughs> Good. You talked a little bit, you, Jason, you had said uh, something about like just driving around, like driving around is great, but also like um, go to places that are if in, possible. in your game or go to a place that's like something that's in your game. Obviously, if you're running a Dungeons and Dragons game, you can't go to, you know, uh, a Forgotten Realm. Or if you, you can, can no. <laughs> maybe you should take me. <laughs> so you can't go to someplace in the Forgotten Realms, but what you can do uh, is for example, if you know like this this game is gonna take place in a giant, you know, temple. Well, we have temples in the real world. Go see a the go find the biggest, spookiest temple in your area that you can find. And, and but be respectful. Yes, be respectful. But and go visit it, you know, or at least Google it and learn about it. Mm -hmm. You know? Um remember, Jason, <laughs> what's your biggest regret about with that time you ran the game at the Maxwell Hotel in Nashville? <laughs> Oh, so, important, important fact. Uh, the Maxwell house was built entirely by slaves. And uh, apparently the working conditions weren't great. And me and Carrie didn't Google that. And we ran a game at the Maxwell house set at the Maxwell house. And it was a vampire, a vampire game. It was a vampire game. And a bunch of people there dealt with ghosts and stuff. And you never, and we didn't touch on it at all because we didn't Google the fact that this terrible thing it happened well and, and we we even knew it was a historic site we knew yes. it and didn't google it right? so it was a beautiful site uh, too just you know you know yeah if it also like if you are playing in a modern day setting like if you know you're you know like if this is gonna sound stupid if you've never been to a walmart but you know your characters are gonna go to a walmart walk through a walmart we're well, looking at you jim butcher yeah. <laughs> jim butcher yeah the man <laughs> go I, go to chicago jim butcher guess what's not there walmart but wear, wear a mask if you go but um <laughs> yeah. we all know that jim butcher has never been to a walmart and doesn't wear a mask because yeah. he's a denier <laughs> um no, but yeah, but go to the places you think that your game is going to be at. Get a feel. If you're going to be, if you're playing a D&D &D game, go go walk at a park. Surround yourself with some trees because you know your characters are going to be traveling or whatever it is. You know, yeah. like those, those you're going to, even if it's not a plot that hits you, you're going to get like those, the five senses that are touched on. Yes. When you're Absolutely. in that place yes. and that's going to help you tell a better story. Right. I also think I found that go ahead. I found that when I go on hiking trips that it really helps me too because most games have an outdoor setting at some point. Mm -hmm. And whenever you go on down these trails, you'll come upon these locations that seem almost magical. Mm -hmm. Like a tiny pond out in the middle of nowhere with crystal clear water that's you don't know what's feeding it or how it got here, but it's there's something here. It's something special. Demons. And, you know, the little fairy rings of mushrooms are real. I mean, you'll find them out in nature. Right. And it's 
it feels special and cool and you can communicate that better because you've actually experienced it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and you can even play off of that by not leaving your house as well. You can visit Atlas Obscura on the web. I mean, yeah. That's a cool idea. <laughs> there too. is some weird ass shit <laughs> out in the world. <laughs> and Noah Coulter has visited several of them. Noah Coulter has, so has Dan Buck, who's been on the show. He's got a new podcast, <laughs> Curios, Curi- where yeah. he's he's visiting stuff. And this leads me to the next thing I want to say, because uh, the, the premise of Dan's new podcast, Curios, is that he finds, uh, like, the, the whole premise is always say yes to rabbit trails, right? And so right. what happens is he finds a weird thing in a thrift store and then starts researching it. And every time it comes to a point where there's a rabbit trail, he follows it. And he follows it every time and it ends up down these like crazy stories. And so that's something else that you can do is is follow the rabbit trails when you're doing research on stuff because sometimes they end in super bizarre places. Nowhere near where you started, but that's okay. That's sometimes that's okay. So you can also another way to think about uh come up with plots is to think about instead of thinking of your plot first and creating a bad guy, you could create the the villain first mm-hmm. and then create the plot around it. You know, um, there's some like villains. A lot of times are obsessed with stuff, right? So you can be like, you know, what is this villain obsessed with? He's obsessed with getting even. He's obsessed with leveling this town. He's obsessed with how he looks. He's obsessed with, you know, achieving finding this weird object somewhere whatever and if you can if you can figure out that a lot of times that will lead you to what your story is as well how do they enact those obsessions you know there's one other thing that i like to to look at and that is i've spent some time reading about three and five act structure and how that works in plays and movies and books etc and just keeping that sort of thing in mind helps you uh frame how you want this to play out and you just using your powers as a storyteller kind of move things around enough so that you can give satisfying conclusions Uh, another trick i've learned on that one is you know how comedians always want to leave you with a joke right like some sometimes you plan two or three battles or two or three conflicts and then the first one is a really big hit i've just been like well that's it you've won (laughs) <laughs> sometimes it's okay to let, just let it go because that was it's not going to be better it's not going to be better i'm just going to stop now because maybe the next thing isn't as good mm-hmm. Man, but isn't this that, definitely worked and i can take that other thing and use it later isn't that a testament though to the most important element of being a good storyteller which is just be flexible and it's okay to let your players have fun have fun and be the heroes and and win the match mm-hmm. absolutely yeah if, I mean, if you're actually fighting your players if you're actually battling against your players with your, or if you're, if the story you're running is more important than the story they're experiencing. Yeah. You know, like I don't, this, you know, I mean, that was one of my biggest mistakes as a storyteller was I ruined something for one of Carrie's characters that she had played for decades. And like, I was so excited because I knew this little tiny snippet of information and that no one else did. And so I dropped it into play and I had decided exactly how it was going to play out and that it was going to be so awesome. And then I refused to let it play out any way other than the way that I wanted it to play out. And, uh, um, it was awful. So, you know, your players matter. I forgive you. 
Thanks. All right. I've been forgiven, everyone. Mm -hmm. She forgives me. <laughs> it was really bad, though. You know, that's very true. And that's actually one of the problems that we have to watch ourselves with, with these sorts of... Uh, when you're getting ideas from uh, history and fiction and, and the news... It, it, one of the things you have to watch yourself in is saying, well, no, this is how it happened, so it's going to play out. Like right, yeah. No, you have to remember your players are the most important people in the world, so what, what they're doing should be extremely, uh, more so maybe than they really would be in real life, uh, affecting the world. They should change things. And uh, part of that is just responding to what they do and not worrying so much about how things played out in your head or in history or in the book. Right. And uh, you know, the other thing, the, the last uh, plot thing idea I have to share is there are really stupid internet sites that have plot generators on it. <laughs> and I know it's dumb. Yeah. And the, a lot of the plots that it comes randomly generates are dumb, but you know what? Sometimes though, every once in a while it'll stop on something and you'll go, okay, that's stupid. But if I did this to that idea. So I use those. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I use those when I have to have bad poetry. <laughs> there, there are poetry generators. generators that you just put in what kind of poem you want and like a couple key phrases or whatever. And like if you have to, especially if you have a, an NPC that needs to rattle off bad poetry. Like, and it, that's the charm of it is that it's bad poetry. Right. Oh, it's so good. Cause half the time the players will be like, did you just make that up? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no. All right. Well, I don't know. Maybe something, maybe there was something in here that helped somebody. I hope so. Yeah. And if not, you know, just go with bad boy. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, let's go to game wrap. <laughs> We are back. Back. Wow. Anyway, we're back. We're ready for game wrap. It's super amazing. Everybody is excited about this game wrap. Jason is froze up. No, I think he was just holding Am still yet? that whole time. I, I, have, I have something to say. Uh-oh. Yes. A poem by Bobo. <laughs> its owner is quite angry, though. He was cross like a dark potato. I watch him pace. I cry hello. He gives his pig a shake and screams I've made a bad mistake. The only other sounds the break of distant waves and birds awake. Beautiful. Poemgenerator.org.uk <laughs> so there you go well welcome to game wrap uh you can find us at honorablepodcast.com of course we're on itunes stitcher and everywhere else that you listen to uh stuff that you listen to when you're bored or driving somewhere or uh have nothing else to do you can find us on twitter at honorable podcast facebook.com slash group slash honorable podcast send us an email at hosts 
at honorrollpodcast.com or you can go to patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast and uh, become a patron and get free stuff and mm-hmm. get a shout out and it'll be awesome. <sighs> Good times. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Carrie. Yeah. You get one XP tonight. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Let's roll on the magic item chart. See what you get. Ooh, nice. You get a secret plus one versus podcasters. Oh, I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah, don't tell us. Mm. Good times. That is a good one. Mm. All right, Jason, you get one experience point for, for playing tonight. And let's see what you get. Oh, nice. Jason, you get Lysol bathroom spray. Oh, my gosh. Plus one, plus one versus gamer poop. That's good. Oh. If you ever had gamers in your house. Uh, only plus one? <laughs> only plus one. We need some, like, Holy Avenger stuff here. <laughs> good times. Good times. Join us next week when our topic is, should we rename the podcast to be the 423 podcast? Maybe. Until next time, I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon. Carrie's the legend. Jason's the favorite. Uh, remember, the only way to win a role-playing game is to have fun. You leave the 307 alone. Woo! The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a roll again. Tabletop, lot motion, everything in